Long days and pleasant nights to you folks. This week's episode is Gianmarco Ceresi. He is an actor, writer, comedian, sketch artist, probably a model. He's pretty ripped, guys. And we have a really great conversation about anxiety, obsessive compulsive disorder, and how New York City exacerbates all of that. Uh, as always, here at Wayward Wordsmiths, every program is, at this point, crowdfunded. So if you have an interest in supporting what we do here, go to patreon.com and look up Wayward Wordsmiths. Without further ado, I present to you my conversation with Gianmarco Soresi. How long have you been doing comedy? And like, because you're an actor first, and then you kind of yeah. fell into it? No, I mean, I kind of like... Uh, I went to school for musical theater, and then right. um, I think junior year I took a class at Caroline's Comedy Club. Oh, yeah. So it's always in there. I always loved stand-up. And then oh. I just did it on and off. Like, I went back to school. I did an hour for, like, my classmates. Wow. Because uh, <laughs> one of the things, you, like, when you first start writing, you're yeah. like, I've been thinking about things for years. Yes. Um, and uh, it's amazing. Like, some of the stuff still I yeah. still use, you know, from that. But then I did it on and off, and then... Um, you know, the acting career is so horrible. <laughs> and uh, I have a play that's going up off-Broadway at 5090s, oh, yeah? 59 next summer for five-week run. That's awesome. Thanks. And it, there's a lot of stand-up in it. So I was like, a friend saw me in a reading, a producer friend. She was like, you should be doing more stand-up. And I was like, yeah, I should get ready for that. And so it was really since January it's been, like, serious. And wow. now I'm at a point where I'm like, I think this is the number one thing now. Yeah. Everything has fallen to a second degree. And it's always been my struggle figuring out what I want to do the most, again, of spreading myself too thin, and now it feels like stand-up is, yeah. is like number one in my heart, that's at excellent. least right now, so yeah. Yeah, that's, I, I kind of felt a very similar thing doing it for like the last like year or so. It's yeah. Like all of a sudden, oh, I can get stage time anytime I want. Yes, yes. That's a huge part of it, because you, I, my teacher, when I was going to school, he I called it like acting blue balls, where you like want Of to course. Be, Where'd you go? Um, uh, New York Conservatory for Dramatic Arts. So like, it's Great. a two-year program. Sounds a lot more prestigious than it is. Did you do it for, in, instead of college? Um, yeah. That's yeah. great. Yeah. See, I, I, are we recording? Yeah. Great. Perfect. <laughs> I think that's the way to go. I got to, yeah. because I just think four years, I mean, I didn't have student debt, thank God, but oh. to start with debt to begin with, I think it's just like, this is a tough business. Mm -hmm. You just got to start. Yeah. And all you need is, I just remember when I was, I don't know, 22 and I met with a manager and they're like, you're a little, you haven't had a lot, don't have a lot of TV credits for 22. And I was like, oh, fuck me. <laughs> like... Uh, yeah, but yeah. that but that's so true with stand-up. It's just like, mm -hmm. you know, the fact that I can go do spots any given night and yeah. you can... And also I think that's the reason stand-ups are getting more acting work sometimes because there's chances for people to see them. I always said, like, if, if you want to succeed in acting, be good at anything other than acting <laughs> because no one... No one in the business cares, unfortunately. Yeah. And that's why when people see bad actors at the top, it's because, like, the system is more about are you interesting or with stand-up, like, I hate talking about branding, but stand-up yeah. ultimately is, like, this is my best self. This is my funniest yep. version. So people know what they're casting you in. Yeah, absolutely. So, 
even if I was wanting to be an actor mainly, I'd still think I was kind of making the right moves, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, for sure. And I always think that it's uh, really, it's a good move for actors because you just like learn to be fearless because it's sure. just like you and you're just doing it. And if it goes bad, it's all on you and you figure it out. But some don't like it. I always found yeah. with acting, I always hated when it was like, you're not playing yourself, you're playing the character. Like I really mm -hmm. loved the masturbatory stuff in general. <laughs> I really loved the Strasbourg and yeah. because I think ultimately I'm like, oh no, I want to express a version of myself. Yeah. And I think it's just different. Some artists like a different, they like the masks and mm -hmm. I'm more like, no, I want to rip my skin off. <laughs> so you see more of me. <laughs> and uh, when did you start acting, man? Um, Pretty early on, like I knew I wanted to be an actor from uh, first grade. I was in Princess and the P. Excellent. Yeah, and at the end, Were you I, the P or the princess? Yeah, no, I was the prince. Fortunately, okay. that is a joke. I tell people I played the P. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> but at the end, I had to say, "I love you" to the princess something, yeah. and then I turned to the audience and I'm like, and everyone just <laughs> burst into laughter. Except for the director, was very upset. But uh, <laughs> it was like that moment. I remember that moment. I remember being like, all right, this will be what I do. Yeah. All right. And um, where were you when you did that? Where are you from? So Maryland originally. All right. I think I was going to school in D.C. then. All right. Um, yeah, Maryland's so boring. Yeah. I came up here a lot to yeah. New York as a, as a kid. Yeah. Um, but I got a skewed version because my dad would take me up here. We'd stay at the plaza. Ooh. We'd take cabs everywhere. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, yeah, I love New York. <laughs> and then when you're you living know. in a closet eating sliced turkey for every <laughs> meal, you're like, oh, no. <laughs> I've made a terrible mistake. Yeah, okay. Um, where are you from originally? Um, Minnesota. Oh, Minnesota. So very, very different to Did here. Did you know what you were getting into? I had no Well, what happened, I w applied to a school in Minnesota. I didn't get in. I cut off all mm. my hair and just anywhere that would take me. And I auditioned for like three schools in New York and picked one. And so I did had no idea what I was getting into. I was, and then I got here and I was like, okay, well, it's better than staying home. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I mean... I, if I ever had kids, I wish I grew up in a city. Yeah. Like, because I see these six-year-olds riding the subway on their own. Yeah. I'm like, you're more worldly than me. <laughs> like, you you could handle shit. I'd be freaking mm -hmm. out. You'd be like, I got this. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> just, just put the gun down, man. It's all right. Yeah, yeah. Just and I'm like, it. ah! I don't think you, you're not even doing it right. You're holding it to the side. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, there You're you more go. inaccurate. <laughs> yeah. So you went to music for musical theater. Yeah, I was really into musical theater for a while. I still love musical theater, mm -hmm. but the the life of a singer is very hard, yeah. especially as we'll talk about later for a neurotic type. <laughs> it's just like I wasn't quite a tenor, mm -hmm. and uh, it was like every day I'd wake up and I go, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like see <laughs> if everything's like there, uh -huh. and like I would just be horrified that you know I'd and uh, you just have to crack on stage once and it'll haunt you. Yeah. Forever, and I've just had a couple <laughs> shows where like big, the big note, and I go, mm -hmm. ah! and you're like, oh, I will be, I will be scared about that forever now. Yep, that makes sense. Uh, but I still love musical mm -hmm. theater, but it's just it's also all consuming. Mm -hmm. The beginning, I mean, talk about the interesting stand up in musical theater to be in the ensemble sucks. Yeah, and friend was in the tour of Wicked and like. 22 costume changes I mean oh, your job is to change clothes <laughs> really and it's like that sounds awful that's the worst uh, but I, I I keep practice occasionally I, I hope to like get shuffled into a movie yeah, musical one day for sure and have everyone complain that I'm not a real yep. singer and <laughs> this is bullshit and did you um did you ever play Gaston 
No, I sang yeah. Gaston songs. I had a yeah. big baritone voice, yeah. but the, I wanted to be a rock tenor, you yeah. know? And you, then I'd lose my voice singing Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> like, I was good at, like, the Rodgers and Hammerstein, but that's like, mm. I don't want to do South Pacific for a year. It <laughs> sounds like torture. That is, like, that is, sounds like a really rough life. Just doing the same musical that you're okay with around the country to varying audiences that are into it or not. Yeah, I mean, some people must dig it. Like, you know, it's the Phantom mm-hmm. who did it for 15 years retired. And I was like, I would rather be poor yeah. than to do that. Because the music, I'd go nuts. I'd, yeah. go, I'd hear the music and I'd go, no, I can't. Yep. <laughs> um, Stop the show, I want to get off. Yeah, it's the same with theater. I mean, honestly, the longest, what's the longest run you've ever done? I think... Um, Probably, like, maybe two months. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. That's the thing. Me too. And yeah. it's like, and I did it two months, and it was like, it was not a great play. And yeah. it was rough. Yeah. I mean, you were, I was depressed. Yeah. I didn't want to go. I felt embarrassed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. It's yeah. a tough life. That's an odd thing to, like, I mean, I guess it is, at a certain point, I feel like, it's the same thing as like factory work or like working yeah. at IBM. You go and you do the same thing every day with subtle variations, but it's weird when it's part of your being. Sure. Doing the same part. Like, I know this part of me. I don't need to know this part anymore. But yeah. Um, you did like Strasbourg stuff? What was uh, that well, like? let's see. At first, I started yeah. with like all colleges these days, at least most that I know of, are really yeah. it's action based work and objective work. Mm-hmm. Because, and I think it's useful. I think it's like becomes. It felt like my scripts were became crossword puzzles almost. Oh, yeah. Just filling in. <laughs> you know, it's just become so intellectual. And I think partly it spreads because it's the easiest thing to get all the teachers on board with, even yeah. those that don't have acting training. Mm-hmm. Anyone can understand objective. So then from there, I joined a Meisner company in Philly. Oh, yeah. Um, and I was really into Meisner. I had a really great teacher. A really great teacher. Um, who then it just ended disastrously. Yeah. Great teacher, but just like the company fell apart. Oh, no. She fired two people. We were all supposed to go to Australia. Um, and it was just... just you know, some of the great... <laughs> some of the best teachers. My, my uncle yeah. studied with Sandy himself. And yep. like... So... And then Meisner was great, but I think Meisner also leaned into my strengths, which are like argumentative and mm-hmm. like, you know, like I can do that. But yep. but the Strasbourg, I did Circle in the Square. Was yeah. that one of the one you applied to when you checked out the no, city? No, I okay. didn't actually. Um, so like I did the summer program and, you mm-hmm. know, you'd see some people who weren't necessarily good actors, but they could connect to that thing yeah. and they would do something on stage where you're like, oh, it doesn't matter anything I do. That's so much more. <laughs> um so I did that. I studied with Alan Langdon at Circle and Square for mm-hmm. a couple years and stuck with that. And um, I definitely, that's what I lean towards. But it also, that's kind of where I hit my biggest roadblock. I think emotionally, I just have mm-hmm. roadblocks that I, I've, I've been, I dated someone who was excellent. You know, she was the kind of person who could talk about something for five seconds and then she was just weeping or laughing. <laughs> or, and for me, it's like, I am like a stone sometimes. Mm-hmm. I need the day to yeah. prep for that kind of scene. Interesting. Um, so I always struggled with it and I felt like I improved, but uh, part of me is like, you know what, life's going to bring me that accessibility you know mm-hmm. people tra- dying yeah. people me getting older illnesses 
just life and weariness and looming death. Like, yeah. <laughs> it'll all get closer. And I think just for a while, you know, I was just beating myself up for, you know, you can't help but go, like, I want to cry. I want to be able to cry yeah. every time. And it's just like at some point, it's like, well, I also don't cry a lot during the day. And yeah. this, it's like, honestly, therapy is probably more useful than than doing sense memory for two hours a day. <laughs> um Absolutely. So, yeah, part of stand-up is kind of, like, also leaning into, like, this is my strength. Let's mm -hmm. do it. And then if I'm successful, I pull Jim Carrey when I'm 50 and do mm -hmm. as much depressing shit as I want to. <laughs> but also hopeful stuff. Depressing and hopeful. Yeah, yeah, Black yeah. and white. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's interesting. Like, I always... Okay, so Meisner fascinates me because mm. I also did a Meisner program and yeah, yeah. I hated it. I actually I just could not. Where stand. which program? Um, what well, was it was through New York Conservatory. Okay, and it was like a third or second generation. Now, now I like what Meisner teaches. I think it's great. Yeah, I just hate the way they go about it, like this weird secret occult stuff where we're not going to clue you in until we get to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they're expecting like emotional and intellectual breakthroughs with no discussion. Sure, sure. And that's my problem with it. I luckily read most of the book. Yeah, yeah, before, yeah. and my teacher told book. me to. Yeah, it's an excellent book. And my teacher told me to stop reading it because she's like, oh, I don't want to spoil it for you. I'm like, this isn't Game of Thrones. Yeah. This is my career. Teaching acting is so, I mean, it's all about yeah. the teacher, though. Like, yeah, that's why sure. Strasbourg, Strasbourg gets such a bad name. Mm -hmm. And it's because there's lots of bad teachers. But, like, yeah. I did, God, if someone does a, um, a master class with Larry Moss, I did mm -hmm. his master class. And, like, you know, there's no one who could see him teach and think this is bullshit. I mean, yeah. you know, it's all about the teacher. Yeah. That's what's so hard about acting and techniques. And ultimately... I don't think there's every technique has to be flawed, but it's like you gotta start somewhere. Mm -hmm. And it's more important that I think I know people who just don't go to any of the others, mm -hmm. and then they get stuck with one thing. So I think you need to go, and then the, your journey is like that was nonsense, but you needed it <laughs> to start with. Absolutely, and I would say that all the Meisner classes made me a better actor. Sure, it sure. just was uncomfortable, and that's something that you were kind of talking about. Like life will teach you also yeah, like yeah, how yeah. to listen and respond, and also how to be uncomfortable, and then go. Well, that's just life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mostly, you're uncomfortable, and then you die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But ultimately, I think, like, and this is why I think actors, like, especially older actors, like, don't talk about the technique as much. It's because they're, at that point, they're like, I look at the script and, like, sometimes I think about myself and sometimes the circumstances and I just keep doing it. Yeah. And it's hard, that it becomes even harder to articulate because any mm. articulation is false. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that tracks. Yeah. You just get so comfortable with, like, okay, this is me in this situation. Yeah, it depends. It's yeah. like, oh, how'd you do that scene? Uh, I ran as fast as I could for five minutes and then just started. Yeah. <laughs> and that just worked, that one take, and we used it. And yep. the editor made it look like it made sense. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I was really hungover. It made me look depressed. For sure, for sure. Yeah. I did a... I, I wrote a sketch yeah. where it was... The idea was Daniel Day-Lewis is auditioning, and they asked him to cold read something, and he oh. sucks. That he needs oh. all the credit. <laughs> otherwise, he's the worst actor ever. <laughs> <laughs> like he read the stage directions by accident and he didn't know how to walk and oh that's so good um yeah because oh. yeah it's like part of me's like Daniel Day Lewis is clearly a very good actor but part of it's like yeah you if you if you I pretend like I had palsy for six months I'd be pretty good too yeah talking about being like ready so I did that when I was in the Meisner company yeah. we, we did a character 
you had to pick an autobiography and uh, mm -hmm. like really do as much work as you could. And I was I wanted to do well, and I picked Christy Brown, who's mm -hmm. my left foot. Mm -hmm. And so we got a little wheelchair off Craigslist, <laughs> and I could only do it for six hours a day. It hurt so much, but uh, I would do that. I had a very loving girlfriend at the time, and. Mm -hmm. She, we went out in public. That was the real test. Wow. And like, there's nothing that will make you act better than if, if you're pretending to have palsy in public, you're not going to break. <laughs> so we, we went out to, we went out to dinner and uh, it was me and her and two other actors and I, I had palsy for the dinner. She fed it to me. Uh -huh. And I mean, I, I, you know, it's like this borderline now where it's like, is this, is, is this, this okay? okay? <laughs> but, uh, but you know, it was, that's what Daniel Day-Lewis did. He yeah. got an Oscar, so fuck you. <laughs> and, but then what happened, we went to pay, and my uh, my girlfriend didn't have her wallet or something, so she had to get my wallet, oh, no. and I had one of those credits. So I was like, eating like this. Yeah. And she got at my wallet, and I had those credit cards with a picture of my oh, face no. on it. And I'm just smiling like this, <laughs> and I was so scared they were going to call me out. <laughs> but it's a good test. I mean, if, if she yeah. had dropped that wheelchair, I don't think I would have mm -hmm. broken. I think I would have let myself fall mm -hmm. rather than, like, yeah, because that's more embarrassing than anything else. Yeah. Getting caught in that weird sort of, is this okay? Yeah. Yeah, My for dream, sure. though, was to get bullied by someone. Like, mm -hmm. And then I'd be like, I'd close my eyes and look to the heavens and all of a sudden like, <gasps> and then rise. <laughs> and then like chase them and scare the shit out of <laughs> So um, you described yourself as being kind of stoic and like hard emotionally yeah i wouldn't say stoic in general yeah. i like hard to like feel vulnerable yeah I, or it's it's either that or i'm just like a more a very anxious yeah person i'm an anxious type yeah and is that why like so you you're putting up walls to defend against the anxiety do you think i think or? so you know i mean it's this all still exploring in in therapy but it's like mm -hmm. i think it is the idea that like that's where i'll channel my energy to to avoid other things mm -hmm. but it's not as simple like i'm not able to go like okay then i'll just breathe and there's all the feelings like <laughs> but i just think like that's yeah. just how i react i just like get very kind of worked up internally mm -hmm. and um yeah so anxiety has always been been a thing it's never reached the points of um like, you know, I had friends who had anxiety attacks and mm -hmm. like a friend in college and, you know, you'd you'd have to leave the room or you'd have to someone have to help them breathe. And I've never like clicked into that gear, but it has been like an overlying sense all the time. And the kind of my my therapist actually formally diagnosed me, whatever it's worth with. Mm -hmm. She's called it mild OCD. Yeah. And it's it's like little things like with singing, like that that thing where I said, mm -hmm. go. Hmm. which was mm -hmm. check falsetto, check regular. Mm -hmm. And I would do that every two minutes because I would yeah. feel like, oh, what if my voice just started to go away? And like if I was going to bed that night, you know, I might do it 30 times. Wow. Um, and, and so that's kind of gone away, but it, I found replacements. I, I'm someone who I'll check. I'll check the door. I'll check the window. I'll check the stove and the mm -hmm. toaster, but and, and I'll like feel the need to check it three or four more times. Yeah. I'll go back in the house three times to check the stove top. Hmm. And uh, sometimes I can fight it, but sometimes I just give in to it. And like, mm -hmm. um, I'll never forget, I when Philip Seymour Hoffman did Death of a Salesman, yeah. you know, I like I was like, I well, I have to see this one. I don't see a lot of shows because I get jealous, but uh, <laughs> but I was like, Philip Seymour Hoffman doing Salesman, and um. I remember I, I went to that show and for some reason I didn't know if I had left the coffee maker on at home. And like I no. could not 
let go of the thought that I'd come home and the apartment would be on fire, and I, I'm there like before the show Googling uh, the, the model and like mm -hmm. do coffee makers, can they burn down houses? And there's part of me that logically knows like, there's no way this, you know, this isn't a coffee maker from the 1800s. Yeah. Like, there's there's no chance yeah. that they made it that if you leave this on, your house <laughs> will burn down. But, yeah. like, I couldn't, I couldn't let yeah. it go. At intermission, I even thought, could I cab it home and back? Oh and uh, I, like, never really got, in, got into the show because I was just there. It was just there. Wow. And that was the first, like, really where I was like, this is a problem. <laughs> I can't um, enjoy Phil's acting right now. Yeah, Spider-Man's there too. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, and uh, so we just—I just headlined Caroline's, and of course it was this yeah. big night I was prepping for. Yeah, I did slept two hours the night before, I'm and sure. I and I was so mad at myself. I mean, I was furious. <laughs> I was like, I did all this work, uh -huh. and I just blew it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I couldn't sleep, and it's and then I just keep checking. I like mm -hmm. kept checking the closet, the front door, and I know it's stupid, mm -hmm. but it's like I just. This adrenaline gets pumping, yeah, um, and that's why stand up is hard. Yeah, because every every I mean it's gotten better, of course, yeah. but you know every time before a set there is just a wave of like yeah. I'm a fraud and this is the one where everyone <laughs> finds out about it, and uh, you know I get I yeah. get through it and like in the beginning I think I used to have a shaky shaky hand, yeah, and that was the worst when you're uh -huh. holding a mic and you're like this is what I do for a living and I can't even hold <laughs> the mic part. Um, so yeah, I, I did, um, I did therapy when I was younger. So my parents mm -hmm. got divorced when I was seven days old. Um, <laughs> so it might've been my fault in this case. The one time, yeah. Um, so I like, I grew up with that kind of general anxiety. I had a stepfather who we're close to now, but he was, uh, mm -hmm. very strict and it was stressful. And I think there's just a lot of, a lot of stuff that comes from divorced parents who talk shit about each other and, yeah. uh. You know, uh, like anyone in this industry, attention deprived in some form. Where I was an only child for four years, and then it was taken away from me. Um, which I always think is, I think like you get used to that. You're like, oh, that's what attention feels like, and now it's gone. Yeah, I'm gonna chase it forever. <laughs> um, and I did therapy once or twice as a kid, yeah. but uh, just bad therapists, just like bad acting teachers. Yeah, you like, get bad therapists, and then you think therapy's bad. Mm -hmm. um, and just like I'd go and uh, I would play with, they always had action figures for the kids and I would just play with the action figures and the therapist would try to like read into, you know, they'd be like, so is, uh, is the Red Ranger your father? And, is, and you're like, no, I'm just, I just don't want to talk to you. Yeah. Um, and then both my parents were in therapy and I was like, well, there's proof it doesn't work right there. Um, that's the thing with therapy is like the people who tell you to go to therapy yeah. are never the people you aspire to be. <laughs> um, so I just had bad experience. Yeah. And uh, then um, is this okay? Am I talking too much? No, you're okay, good. Great. I asked you to be on yeah. the thing to talk about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're good. So uh, then what happened in like college, I was so singing a lot yeah. obsessively. And not really getting better. And I was uh, dating a really, I mean, I very much lucked out and dated like a very nice person because I had like a full-blown college existential crisis. Just yeah. like a very classic, 
but like it entered into that obsessive sphere in my head. So mm -hmm. it was like, I remember one day I was like, I would practice, uh, you know, I would just do scales, yeah. very boring. And I would be in these hot, hot practice rooms, tiny rooms. And I remember like doing it. And then like, I had the thought like, what's the point of this? And it was like, and it, it truly was like that yeah. something broke. And like <laughs> from then on out for the next two years, I was just like constantly like, what happens after you die? And is there a God? And, and I was, you know, I, and it just entered that obsessive sphere where like I couldn't let go yeah. of the thought where it would interfere with my performance because I would mm -hmm. just, and I would be like asking people and Googling mm -hmm. and looking up different people. Um, and it just was endless. And, you yeah. know, I'd, I'd find something that made me feel comforted and then mm -hmm. I'd, I'd like Google Richard Dawkins again and feel like, oh, it's all <laughs> bullshit. And, uh, it, and like I was lucky I had this, I mean, I had this like super... Uh, generous girlfriend who was yeah. so supportive and if I hadn't had her I don't know like what road yeah. things would have gone down and I ended up you know in retrospect I, I burdened her with so much shit mm -hmm. um, but I needed I didn't know where else to go and like I should have gone to therapy like yeah. that's that was the point yeah. I should have gone to therapy mm -hmm. um, but uh, she kind of helped me through a like a long period of this mm -hmm. and then it just kind of mellowed out yeah. like you know in i have anxiety that mellows out in the short term within mm -hmm. a day or a couple hours and this was like it mellowed out after two or three years yeah for sure um and uh and then we kind of parted ways mutually because i felt like my parents were divorced i i felt like you know i wasn't going to settle down but uh, we stayed in touch, and I think I had this fantasy that we'd get back together. Mm -hmm. But of course, as these things happened, she met someone, got married, mm -hmm. um, had kids, and like that—that that knocked me yeah. so bad um, that I had a friend who who kept talking about therapy, and then finally one day I was like, "I, you know, money is always the thing, yeah, the like easy excuse." Yep. But I found a place called the White Institute that did it based on your income, and as an mm -hmm. actor, it was zero. So I got like very cheap therapy, mm -hmm. like twice a week, very and I good. still see that that therapist. That's excellent. so. I I do, <laughs> I I recommend. You know, I mean, are you in therapy? Um, I have been in the past. My insurance changed. So. Sure, sure. Oh. Um, it's one of these things where it's like, everyone should be in therapy. Yeah. And, and honestly, I mean, we're recording recording on this horrible day with this thing that happened in Las Vegas. Yeah. And you know you you there's part of me and this is overly hopeful but it's like man if everyone just if therapy was a thing that people taught where people just talked from early on mm -hmm. I, I believe you know I'm not saying like this one thing would be for it if he had gone to therapy mm -hmm. but it's just like in general we have we have people angry and sad and feeling all fucked up and mm -hmm. they never deal with it and then shit happens yep um and like therapy, I mean, you know, this is so far away, but it's like, if, I think if everyone had access to free therapy yeah. and it was like gradually destigmatized, because mm -hmm. um, even in, even in these, even in the liberal communities that we live in, you know, I know people are like, well, I don't want to blame everything on my mom and dad, like, which yeah. I don't understand that sentiment, but I like, <laughs> but it's like, that's not what it is. Yeah. It's just a very skewed. Yeah. And, but it also is the thing where there's bad 
there's bad therapists. And yeah. I understand it, one bad therapist and you're like, well, what? This is nonsense. Yeah, that's w when I started um, therapy. I, I my first experience was in high school and the therapist, like it was this crusty old Minnesotan man. And he mm -hmm. like, I didn't want to talk to him about wanting to sure. kill myself because I was going through a breakup. Sure. And so, yeah, you definitely it's like a good acting coach and it's a good or like even like a good relationship. You have to find someone that makes sense for you and that you can openly communicate and not feel ashamed. And it's also this thing of like, it's also a lot like acting schools in as much as you put, you get exactly the amount of effort you put in. Mm -hmm. So if you're going into therapy going, I don't want to do it, of course it's going to be bad. Like, it, it's just like anything else in life. If you're like, ah, I'm not about this, you're going to you're gonna just sit there. But you said, um, I, I had a question for you yeah. um, about, do you, do you think you went into like music and stuff because it helped with the anxiety and the obsessive compulsive side? I don't, I don't know because it feels like rigid, it. Yeah, it feels like you know. it. I don't know. It felt like it made me more anxious. I yeah. just think I think it's more about like this deep desire for attention okay. and, and earning that attention. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think it was just there, and I'm just so ambitious, or the the need for attention is even stronger than the fact that it makes yeah. me so stressed uh, out. The thing that you've devoted your life to that you're bigger than that's yeah, bigger yeah, than yeah. you is the need for attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or like you know, or maybe there's some part like my therapist always wonders, like you know, do is this anxiety a form of me feeling productive? Like, do mm -hmm. I feel like I'm doing something? And so mm -hmm. that's possible too. Yeah. Like this is a way where I feel like, oh, this is work or like, this is what I need to be. <laughs> I need to feel this way. Every time yeah. I see something good, I need to feel anxious that I suck. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, it's a horrible combination. Mm -hmm. If I had anxiety and I was a, a bank teller, like I could at least go to work and be like, well, this will be okay. Yeah. Um, are you doing um, cognitive behavior therapy or talk therapy? What are you doing? It's talk therapy. Right. I mean, it's like, you know, what does Freudian mean anymore? You know, <laughs> these, and that's another problem. Everyone's like, well, Freud, and it's like, yeah, that was a real starting point. I mean, yeah. again, it's it's the same with the acting techniques. Yeah. It's like, yeah, this is one old white guy a while ago, <laughs> and we like we think about some of the stuff, but. Um, Most of it's not applied anymore because I realize, oh, the pool he was pulling from is just a bunch of old hysterical housewives yeah, yeah, because yeah, that yeah. didn't have any power. Of course, they wanted a penis and meant a checkbook. Sure, sure. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah, it's talk therapy. And I, mm -hmm. I think I prefer that. I think cognitive, I mean, for what I know, I, like she has those tools. Yeah. But like part of it is also like. I enjoy going to therapy. It's mm -hmm. it's like I get to talk. I think mm -hmm. if it, when I sometimes hear cognitive, I go, oh, that sounds so cold. <laughs> um, so, you know, it, it also yeah. is something that I enjoy in mm -hmm. some capacity. For sure. And I think I'll, you're kind of going back to, like, if you all had three free therapy, it'd help. And I think that's true. It also would help, I think, if we just let people talk about how they're feeling on a day-to-day, yeah, -day, yeah, yeah. you know, because it's, I remember, I was like, oh, man. I don't know if I want to talk about, you know, myself and how I feel. And then I did therapy once. I was like, oh, someone's actively listening to yeah, me for yeah, an yeah. hour. This is so validating. Sure. And it fills that need because I think everyone should talk about themselves. I think so. But I think the, pro I mean, I think the reason you need this thing is because we're all scared of like mm -hmm. coming off poorly. Yep. And like part of it is always, that's never been, I mean, I'm like an autobiographical stand-up and storyteller. So like mm -hmm. I enjoy talking about myself and my faults and mm -hmm. my foibles. But you know, some people do not want no. you to, to reveal a flaw. Yeah. And like, it's like the therapy to really get the sense of, oh, I, I could tell this person 
And it's like, it's really grasp. I could tell this person anything. Mm-hmm. The, the most horrible thought that I had. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to judge me. Yeah. And the problem is we, we judge people all the time. Yeah. And like that's that's kind of, even if you even if you want to disregard other aspects of therapy, it's like just to have a person that you could say something to and they won't judge you. Mm-hmm. That's their job. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. yeah. And then, you know, I've never, I've really, I've been very hesitant to try antidepressants. Yeah. It's, it's uh, it's some of my own hangups. There's, there's yeah. always, there's always the thing of like, first of all, like when you talk about antidepressants, it's like, well, what does it do? Well, mm-hmm. for some people, it does this. Yeah, and for no... others, uh, then they want to kill themselves more. Yeah, and then for <laughs> others, it's like, yeah, they, they just don't feel anything. I mean, it's like, yeah. you know, everyone's doing their best, but it does not feel reassuring. No. Like I, I went to someone who like is the expert in it and it was just like, well, for some people this, some people that. I was like, fuck that. <laughs> that is like, it's, it is like going to a doctor like, we'll put on this neck brace. Well, what it'll do, maybe it'll break your neck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe you'll be better. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. We'll see. Maybe you'll shit yourself and never want to have sex yeah, again. Maybe, or maybe you won't be able to get it up ever again and then you'll be depressed about that. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and then there's always just the fear of it's like, you know, my anxiety for stand-up particularly. Yeah. It's like, well, this is part of, like, my thing. Yeah. I don't want to go up there and mm-hmm. be a dry comic. That's not who mm-hmm. I am. Um, Do you find yourself making rituals before you go on stage? Uh, yeah. I mean, my rituals are, like, I always, like, it's finally calmed down, but I used mm-hmm. to feel like, oh, God, I need to pee. I need to just pee. <laughs> and I'd pee three times before I went on stage. Before I went on stage for Caroline's, yeah. you know, I, like, peed three times. And the first pee was all I needed. The yep. next two were just, like... like I need like, a space where I'm not... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so there's always that. I, uh, yeah, that's kind of become the new ritual. Yeah, taking a piss. <laughs> but that's, but like, that's the goal, at least with stand-up. And also there's another thing with stand-up versus acting where it's mm-hmm. like, you know, if you have three spots in a night, you get to that yeah. point where you just barely made the gig, you don't have time yeah. to pee. And yep. you just go on stage and everything's okay. And then gradually mm-hmm. that becomes fine. <laughs> with <laughs> acting, you know, you can really get nervous before every show, yep. feel freaked out every mm-hmm. show. Yeah. Um, do you have Do you have any any? Um, jumping up and down. Yeah, like yeah, right yeah. before I go, I'm pretty sure you've seen me at Jekyll and I just like I'll do like three jumps and then run on. Because yeah. I'm like I gotta f- convince myself that I am excited about what's about to happen. No matter yeah. how I feel up top, I gotta be excited. Um, but do you think your hesitancy to use any sort of medication is also from like you're like talking from like a creative? You're worried yeah, about that. Yeah, it's that? just like I don't. I mean, originally when I was doing more acting stuff, I thought it would like shut off my emotions mm-hmm. or like I wouldn't be able to feel sad. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just a lot of stuff. So I, I got Lexapro mm-hmm. and then like for the next three nights, I couldn't sleep at all. Mm. And they told me, they said, look, yeah, this takes a while to build up. It couldn't have been the Lexapro. And I was like, <laughs> I don't care. I haven't slept for three nights in a row. I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> um and then, like, I was meditating for a while, and then it got busier, mm-hmm. and then I stopped. And, I mean, like, I used to do 30 minutes a day. Wow. And now it's like, I do yoga once a week at least, but yeah. 30 minutes a day. Once you stop doing it, it's like, where would I ever fit 30 minutes into a day? <laughs> um, and yeah. so, like, I, with Caroline's, like, this was just a big event I had, and I had, like, mm-hmm. three bad nights. And mm-hmm. it's like, I should I should be meditating again. Yeah. Or I, I might, like, you know... 
the other thing I've been hesitant to do is get like um, Xanax or yeah. Ambien for like the big nights. Yeah. Because I just like, I should. Mm-hmm. Or like part of me is like, well, that would be nice for the for the big nights. I think yeah. I, I'm not an addict type personality, yeah. but I just get scared. Yeah. You take that and. For- <laughs> For me, for like sleeping medication, before like a big night, I'm always worried: Am I gonna sleep through the thing? Am I really? oh, am I gonna wake up at you know 3 p.m. and then I'm gonna like not be able to focus because my brain's in a yeah. fog? The show's at seven. That's four hours. That's not enough time. I'm gonna so I, I should just that. stay up all night just just oh, so to make God. sure that's that so I'm funny. On time. Yeah, it's just oh. why well, do like when I have the big nights. Mm-hmm. Like, I set the phone, I'll set the mm-hmm. iPad, and then if I'm really anxious, yeah. like if it's a film shoot or something, mm-hmm. I'll set the laptop to, <laughs> I'll set an alarm on, like, uh, some uh, Google alarm thing, and mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. Yeah. But, you know, all it takes is for your phone to not work once, once. to yep. never trust it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I've slept through enough calls, like, I... So I, you do sleep through alarms. Yeah, uh, on, on occasion I have. That's tough. Yeah, it's only when I'm, like... I haven't been sleeping well at all, and then my body's just like, you can't do this. I'm sorry. You gotta just stop. Does it? Do you turn it off in your sleep, or like, you truly you'll wake up and you'll be like, the alarm's been going on for two hours. Both. I've done both, and the more scary one is turning it off in your sleep. Because of course. Like, because I'm like, oh, I did that. I have no recollection of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Am I going insane? But yeah. yeah. I set my phone across the room, so oh, that's it's clever. like you have to get up. Yeah. I, I did that once and I hated myself so much. I was just like, oh, you wanted that extra 15 minutes yeah, yeah, yeah. of snoozing. Because I'm also someone who like will set four alarms. Me too, me too. Two hours before I actually have to get up. Because yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. like, oh, I love laying in bed. It feels going. so good. Yeah, You're like, God, I wish I'd be conscious for more of this. <laughs> I, had a, I had an upstairs neighbor who I guess they slept through the alarm. So they got yeah. like this super high powered alarm mm-hmm. and it still didn't wake them up, but it would wake me up from oh, upstairs. No. And like, you know, I've, I didn't know. I was like, I'm sorry, dude. This is not going to work. You're <laughs> getting up at six because you have a job. I'm not getting up at six. <laughs> you got to, this got to stop. Yeah. Um, I also uh, listen to audiobooks while I sleep. So a lot mm. of the time I'll still be playing and I'll be like laying in bed at like eight in the morning, just like listening to someone yeah, reading yeah, yeah. a book. And I'm like, this is heaven. Yeah. That's not, I mean, for me, that's definitely, I didn't, I had trouble falling asleep even as a kid. And mm-hmm. I used to listen to, I had a CD player that could get the TV signal. So I would listen to Seinfeld episode reruns. Uh, um, I listened to stand up for a while. Uh-huh. Um, then like when I started dating someone for a long time, I think she helped me calm down. I was, able, mm-hmm. you know, I couldn't play it with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I went through a phase where it was fine, and sometimes I do podcasts. But when I when I'm truly anxious, that doesn't help either. No. Um, but I listen yeah. to podcasts sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes I think music would be, just music would like, shake it out. Yeah. Like if I'm feeling anxious, like it would over like even something not sleepy time. Yeah. Sleepy time is too soft. My thoughts can talk <laughs> louder than. I've always found classical music helps because it's so deeply layered that my brain has to pay attention to everything that's going yeah, on. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, I've distracted myself enough, so I've tricked myself into falling asleep. It's always really annoying when your brain is like, that basic function that you need to do, you're not allowed to do it It's today. crazy. Yeah. Especially when you're like tired, like, you know, when you're sleeping on the subway ride home, you're mm-hmm. like, I could fall asleep right now. And then mm-hmm. you get to bed, it's like, nope, I could never fall asleep. <laughs> Honestly, the thing that I'm trying to do is really, like, admit when I can't go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And, like, honestly, I should, 
it would be better if I went outside, mm -hmm. if I, if I, even if I went to Planet Fitness and like went jogging for 30 minutes, better than the five hours I spent like <laughs> lying there being like, come on, come on, come on. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, because like sometimes you're just like, I just need to restart this, mm -hmm. need to reboot. Um, you, you, you seem fairly fit. Do you do the, the gym a lot? Does that yeah. relieve the anxiety and stuff? I think so. I think like I yeah. definitely feel stressed when I miss. I try to do once a day yeah. something. Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't an athletic person. I did P90X in college, and that's kind of <laughs> where it really started. But I yeah. think that is a part of like that helps me relax. It helps me go to sleep. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I don't necessarily love working out, but I think it's become so much a part of – I definitely am a person of routine – in that, mm -hmm. not time-wise, I'll work out any time of the day, but I like to work out once a day. I like to, used to be singing once a day. Now it's like I want to be writing for two hours a day. Mm -hmm. And when I don't, when I'm not able to do some of those rituals for me, the day feels like a mess and like yeah. I'm falling behind. And, uh -huh. and like writing's one of those things. It's like with writing stand-up, it's like I'll never feel done. Yeah. But I need at least a little or I feel like I'm really slumming it. A joke that you can work on eventually and get good. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. It's really rough. Um, how do you go about writing? Do you sit down with a pad? Do you have a recorder? Do you just talk to yourself? I do a lot of lot. I mean, I'm a, I have like a gigantic Word document. And it's starting, okay. to, it's starting to get overwhelmingly large. Yeah. Um, and, you know, with stand-up, it's, it's really hard. It's like you – I mean, it's hard, period. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just hard. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> but it's it's like, a weird gig. You know, yeah. it's like part of it's like, oh – do I want to be – I should be killing every show, so I should yeah. be doing, like, the jokes I know s mm -hmm. kill. Um, but then you see, like, some comics who do the same jokes for a decade, and you're like, well, I don't know if I want to do that. Yeah. But sometimes they're like, yeah, they're killing it every show, and they're getting they're getting booked a lot. Yeah. Um, so for me, I actually work with a guy named Kevin Lapson who I, I filmed an hour Mm -hmm. uh, special for myself, kind of. Uh -huh. um, and he directed it. So sometimes I'll meet with him and, like, I'll just... Because I come from the playwriting background. Like, yeah. I've worked with dramaturgs. So I'll, like, do it for him. And if he laughs, I know it's good. And then uh -huh. I'll bring 10% of that to, to clubs. Mm -hmm. um, but it's hard. I think sometimes I've gone to that point where it's, like, you know, like, Jekyll and Hyde is a perfect example. Where it's, yeah. like, that's one where I should be doing more new stuff. Mm -hmm. And I have enough good stuff that I can mix it up but, you know, sometimes I get to that club and someone will go up and they'll crush it. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll feel like, no, I, I can't. I yeah. have to do well. I need a guaranteed here, yeah. Um, and it feels better. I think, like, there is. it's more about the other comics and the booker. But, like, Jekyll and Hyde is one of those where it's like, okay, I have to talk to myself. Where I'm like, they know that I can do stand-up well. <laughs> I'm not going to bomb. Yep. Let's do half new. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> you know how it is when you try new For and sure. it bombs and you're like, everyone – thinks I'm a fraud and, yep. and like I'll never get brought back and mm -hmm. um, so I never really did the open mic route because it's yeah. but I oh, should do more rough. yeah they're yeah. rough they're and, really and rough. it's also just like half of them you go and you're like I don't I don't know if this was an accurate read of of the set because it never is because you're never performing for comics yeah so I have a lot of poor friends that I call I have a girl named friend uh who's just a good laugher. And she'll yeah. laugh at everything, but if it's not a big laugh, I know it's not good. <laughs> if it's a little laugh, I know that means it sucks. Yeah. Um, but all sorts of methods. But mm -hmm. I, it's like, if I always want to write new, and I have mm -hmm. to fight myself to be like, no, just articulate the older stuff for a while. Wait mm -hmm. until you're bigger. Yeah, for but sure. But it's tough. Right now, that's where I get stressed a lot. I'm like, I need to be writing more new. 
Because there is something like about like you want to prove that you can't do this, that it's not just a fluke, that this five minutes. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. I have one bit that like is a about a wedding registry that I yeah. wrote a year and a half ago, and every time people are like, I love that bit, and when I hear it, I'm like, there. It sounds to me like they're saying. You only wrote one funny thing once a year and a half ago, and you have yet to repeat it. That's all I hear. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's your writing method? Oh, oh well, I have um, my it used to be a three-layered person thing, very similar to you. I'd call mm. up. I live with um, my best friend Miles, um, and he has a very similar sense of humor to me. So I'll run a joke past him. Sure. And then he'll go, "That's good." And then if it makes past him. I'll go to my sister, who's a little harder on me. That's good. Because she's like, yeah, I know you're funny. I've lived with you forever. Like, sure. I've, you've never not known me. And then the third one used to be a girlfriend of mine who didn't found about 20% of what I did funny. So if she laughed, I was like, this is correct. That's Do this great. joke. But she and I broke up. So now it's just like those two people. And then I have this notebook of everything categorized by subject. Yeah, yeah, There's a yeah. big index of, of like, here's all my mental health stuff, here's mm-hmm, all my, mm-hmm. my geeky stuff all broken down. But I don't actually physically write out the full joke. I don't, like, Carlin it. That's good. It. That's yeah. good. I Carlin it. But, like, I, yeah. I wish I did a notebook because the laptop is just... It's annoying. I mean, yeah. you always try to structure, and then eventually, it's kind of like music. Like, you try yeah. to structure for a while, and then eventually, like, this is just chaos. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is just never going to, this is a job. Yeah, yeah. Did it um, work? Did it not? Why? Okay, we're moving Yeah, on. I have notes. I have different highlighting colors. That's like mm-hmm. gold. This is good to go. Yep. Try to reword this. Yep. Test this out again sometimes. <laughs> and now that it's like a 100-page document, it's like, oh, oh Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I just, right yeah. now I'm focusing on, like, trying to, have shorter bits because like I have that like that mental health bit that you saw last yeah. week that is like I love yeah but it's also like it's it's more thinky it's yeah. it's if I'm gonna have a spot at Caroline's for 10 minutes I'm not gonna do it no. when I did the headlining I got to build into that yep. and when I got to that pedophile part like I had earned yep. this joke and it was like yes and I feel proud of that bit mm-hmm. but I know the comics that have, you know, their 30-second bits. Mm-hmm. And if they get five minutes, two minutes, one minute, ten minutes, yep. they can just p- string this together. Yep. And that's kind of where I'm trying to force myself to focus on those jokes just so I can get through the wild yeah. of this, like, ever-changing thing. Yeah, for And sure. then when I'm getting booked for 15, 20, then I can do yeah, that can. stuff. Yeah, absolutely. That was always, like, coming from an acting standpoint, you're, like, you understand how, like, drama builds and yeah, yeah, you yeah. where it's like if you get five minutes really you have three yeah, yeah because yeah. of the laughs and then you're riffing because something weird happened so it's always really like i've that's been a constant frustration i've noticed like when i have a 10 or a 15 minute spot sure that's where i shine because i can people keep and you've seen my stuff i'm quick so people get used to the rhythm and they're like oh okay now we're settled in we're, yeah, we're yeah, yeah. not just treading water we're dog paddling yeah it's great five is a nightmare Five, Five is a nightmare. Money. And, like, that's the thing, like, you know, what would be the next great goal would be to be on a late night show. So, like, yeah. I shouldn't – I should be writing fives. Yep, absolutely. And that's just working on fives. Yep. <laughs> it's five. Um, but I've been doing the storytelling stuff, too. Yeah. If you ever check out that, I mean, like, especially with the dramatic stuff. And yeah. the storytelling, I mean, frankly, the bar is just lower. It's – the, the comedy bar is lower, partly mm. because everyone's paying full attention. Yeah. Um, but, like, if you... I went up at the Moth, and, uh, oh, yeah. you know, it's, like, 300 people. 
who are so happy to hear you talk. Yeah. And like, you'll kill there. And I know mm. I've seen this post in like the stand-up Facebook group where they're like, I did a story at the Moth and like, it fucking killed. And I went to a stand-up <laughs> club and no one laughed. Yep. And it's like, yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> that's because that's like what's known as a magic room. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but it also, but then you get to do other, I mean, I know some comics that like, I wish I could do the storytelling stuff. Mm. And like the storytelling's really a great, I mean, mm. it feels great. I feel much more confident in my storytelling because it's just so directly linked to what I used to do. Yeah. Um, that it's worth checking out. For so sure. Just go to The Moth, man. The Moth, You have man? a good story. The Moth or, yeah. or Risk. I'm doing Risk soon. That's excellent. They're a great podcast. Yeah. And Risk is like, Risk, so for those of you who haven't heard Risk, yeah. it's like, Every story is, it's an intense story. Yeah, you have to be giving something to the audience. Yeah, and yeah. I thought, I I thought, I came in, I'm like, I know, I've heard shit. And every Risk story, I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> what happened? You did what? How did that? Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, it's, it's very, it's very good. So I'm yeah. excited to do that That's little wonderful. field in November. And That's be excellent. Fun. And I'm nervous. It's a family story. And like, mm-hmm. it's like about my stepfather and we're closer now but yeah. it's a rough childhood and like it is a dirty laundry airing story <laughs> so i haven't figured out yeah. like do i talk to him do i just he probably won't hear it mm-hmm. but uh you know that's how i know it's a good risk story because yeah. i'm like i'm nervous so, about telling yeah, this exactly oh that's that's very good so what's the moth then like i've never heard of that so the, oh so the moth it's just like they do five minute stories it's oh, cool. essentially it's an open mic in the sense that you put your name in a hat. Yeah. But there's 300 people there. And then, like, I just got lucky. It's very popular, so you don't always go up. Yeah. But I got to go up the first time, and I won. And so now I get to do a Moth Grand Slam, and Ooh, it'll be, like, good. packed. Like, you, people love this. People mm-hmm. love it. Mm-hmm. And um, then they also do tours where people tell longer stories. They have mm-hmm. a podcast. But uh, it's just, it's been around, I think, for 10 years or something. Wow. And then it was on an episode of Girls, and then it truly exploded. Understandable. Um, but I think the storytelling is thriving, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, and every, you know, you get people from all walks of life. Yeah. But I think all comedians should try it, because yeah. it's just, like, it's just a different form. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, and it also, like, people sometimes ask, like, I just did 50 minutes at Caroline's. And I'm like, how do you have 50 minutes? And it's like, well, the stories are much longer. Yeah. They're not as, I didn't need to think of a thousand jokes yeah, you to can... fill that five minutes. It was an interesting story with jokes peppered in. Exactly, yeah. Um, so I think it's it's yeah. fun, man. That's excellent. Um, and there's no, like, I've, I've only done, like, one show where it was, like, 200 people but like I remember all the comics going there's 200 people and I just was like rubbing my hands of I'm like course, oh, there's 200 people because like I'm, a, I'm an actor first and I'm like ooh this is exciting because I'm big I like to be big and yep. like Caroline's was about 200 yep. oh. and I did who I had a lot of favors I'm gonna have to go to a lot of readings yeah. in repayment for that one yeah. but I did a place called Hookie Lab what was your 200? Oh, it was Broadway Comedy Club 200? yeah in the industry Whew. room like in the back room and it was packed it was so nice oh man that's Ooh. that because then when you with that especially I love mm-hmm. to be on a stage because I'm big I yeah. want to be big yeah and like you know when you go to a bar and there's six people like barely paying I, attention part of me is yeah. like and I used to do a thing where I'd match the energy I'd be like hey so I'm gonna tell my jokes like this now I guess mm-hmm. and it was horrible yeah but sometimes it's too much now I'm like okay I gotta start with like Hey, how are you? And mm. then gradually build into my thing. Yeah, that's my. That's right now. That's my process. Because otherwise, I'm just like, Hey, how you doing? Yeah. And I was like, Oh, here's the annoying guy at the party, <laughs> and now we have to listen to him for five minutes. 
Yeah. I kind of have the opposite approach where like I start my set singing, I'll just show up and just be like this. Yeah. I will. It's like the vocal version of grabbing someone's collar and bringing them to your face and be like, this is what we're doing, yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. But it's also like, it's also, I've died because of it. They're like, we do not want this. We want someone laid back who tells stories about his wife and you are yeah, yeah, yeah. not that. Are you a crowd work? Are you good at crowd work stuff? I can do it. I don't like to because generally it turns into like being mean to be quite honest yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm not about that. But I like, I was being heckled really badly by this group of Irish people at oh, Broadway shit. Comedy Club the other night and I just start talking to them. I was like, okay, where are you from? Why are you doing this? Like, because like, I wanted to lay into them because they're being incredibly rude, but I don't have that emotional capacity because I'll cry because I made someone else feel bad. Oh my God, I would <laughs> love to watch, to have a video, that would go viral. <laughs> he sh he sh this comedian shuts down a heckler and then starts weeping <laughs> openly on stage. <laughs> that would be the funniest thing. Good, okay, so I might have to do it. Um, um, I, I'm not great with that. No. I, I have a bit. I rarely do it because it's like, it's a, it's a bit, mm -hmm. but it's called crowd work therapy where uh -huh. I, whatever they talk about, I bring it back to my deadbeat dad. <laughs> so if they're like, you know, they're like, I work at a restaurant. I'm like, my dad ran a restaurant or rather the restaurant ran him. him. <laughs> he wasn't much of a father figure. And then uh -huh. like, if there's an older man in the audience, I'll do like, where are you from? Oh, really? I'm from there. What street? And then when it gets down, I'm like, yeah, I know where you live, Dad. <laughs> Who's this? My new stepmom? And I just scream at him. That's so good. I want to do it more, but mm -hmm. it always feels like, you know, most of my bits are like very me talking regularly, and it's mm -hmm. very much like a weird thing. Yep. But I should. I'm going to do it yeah. more. I, I want to start doing it specifically with something like the Jekyll and Hyde Club where you're just like free. You're just yeah, completely yeah, yeah. free to fail or to succeed, and it's wonderful. I still get scared. I mean, yeah. something, I, I go there, and like I know they've brought me back a bunch, but then I'm like, I see someone do well, and yeah. I'm like, no, I have to do well. <laughs> that room is great, though. I don't no, know if it's, it's so also good. the acoustics. Because sometimes even when there's six, seven people there, I'm mm -hmm. like, this sounds like a killer crowd. Yeah. But they're always like, I think maybe because there's some tourists and like mm -hmm. they, you know, they're not like the New Yorker. New Yorkers yeah. are like, oh, you're funny? Yeah. Prove it, motherfucker. Yeah, it's awful. Whereas like I went to Chicopee, Massachusetts and it was one of the first where like I come out and it's like, thank you for being here. <laughs> we would love to laugh tonight. Yeah. <laughs> and you get you get such a skewed vision of the world. Absolutely. Um, and then I, I find what's really great about Jekyll is like it's such a positive environment because like Mike and Isaiah Crush hosting sure, it. Sure. Like they're never like angry, and if they are, they're angry at like me or someone else who works there that they know, so they know yeah, 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 they're yeah. in on it. So it's not like just random bitterness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's really great. And no, they're good dudes. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah, um, lucked out. You know them from before? Well, um, I did a show, I did Tempest, and Mike did the music for it, and that's where we met. And then Sweet. he asked me um, to do the show when he knew I was doing stand-up. And then I ended up working at the club. But I don't work that often because I'm so fucking busy all the time. Of course, of course. But yeah, um, but yeah, it's a really good positive room, and I'm really happy that they have it. Because that's the other thing about, like, stuff that I do is like it's very if it goes wrong it's very personal you know what I mean sure you sure. know because like I talk about killing myself a lot yeah 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 <laughs> and so it's just like on stage off stage all the time yeah, just, I can't stop because <laughs> like I just have so many thoughts they leak out but yeah it's <laughs> um, but it is like if that goes wrong you feel like they're like oh no you should 
and yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like this is not a time to yes and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, for sure, I like. Well, I want to do more crowd work, and I want to do more improvising, and just like goofing and having yeah, fun. Yeah, but I think part of that's like, again, it's like you know, you see the people post, and they're like, "You have four spots tonight? What the fuck?" Yeah, and it's like how? I, I just know for me, it's like when I have those rare nights where I have two or three spots, you mm-hmm. know, that's the, where you find that space is when you have that third spot of the nine. And you're, and you're like, just like, fuck it. You're like, fuck it. Or you're like, I did well at the last spot. I can still ride that and mm-hmm. feel okay to bomb this one. Yeah. Um, but I did a room. Oh man. I did a room on Saturday at the pit attic. Yeah. And like, I don't know what it was, <laughs> but I knew from the comic before me, like this room was ice cold. <laughs> I mean, probably the worst room Maybe ever. Yeah. Maybe ever in my whole life. That room in general is hard just because it's so hot and yeah, it's cramped. Yeah, we've had good shows there, but yeah. like, I don't know. I don't know what it was. Yeah. And there were people there, and like I just was like bombing, and mm-hmm. and so like I shifted to old material, mm-hmm. and like that was. I mean, it was like nothing. Yeah. And like I, I, it was so bad. That I was like, "What the fuck is yeah. going on?" Yeah. Um. And but the problem is, I got angry. And like that was the moment I should have gone, hey, uh, you, what's uh, what's up? What yep. are you doing today? Because it's like, I've lost. I've mm-hmm. lost. Let's let's try to learn something here. Let's yeah. see if I can ignite the crowd. I can't do it with my material. Not with this crowd. Not right now. Mm-hmm. And it's like you know, I think gradually I get to that point where I'll see that room. I'll feel it. And I'll be like, all right, let's really experiment. Yeah. Because I've already lost. Yeah. And it's a bad, and that was a rare room where it's like, this is bad for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the problem was like, I just got, I truly, I got angry. And I yeah. was listening to Larry David because Curb came back last yeah. night and they had talked about Larry would walk out all the time and just yeah. yell at the audience be like, nah, I'm not feeling you guys and leave. And so I think I was in that space yeah. where I was, I was just like, I hate you guys. <laughs> um, yeah. And, uh. I need to enjoy those rooms because that's mm-hmm. not Caroline's. That's not important. That's where I need mm-hmm. to do it. That's where you're going up and you're learning to be bulletproof and you're trying. And yeah. you're learning to. I find it's like more and more you just relax into whatever you're doing. Just like lean into it, relax. It'll be okay. Yeah, no one's yeah. going to die. But we're at an hour. Cool. And I want to thank you for doing this. My I appreciate absolute it. absolute pleasure. Where can people find you on um, the net? You can find me on all the social medias. It's my full name, Gianmarco Cerezi. So let's let's do this. Yep. <laughs> G-I-A-N-M-A-R-C-O-S-O-R-E-S-I. One more time. G-I-A-N-M-A-R-C-O-S-O-R-E-S-I. And uh, Facebook, Instagram, I post my shows. Mm-hmm. I'm not a, don't keep them a secret, as anyone who's <laughs> friends with me on Facebook knows. That is true. Um, and uh, yeah, I do a sketch team called Uncle Function at the Pit. Yeah. Stand up all over New York. And uh, if you want to see, I have a sketch series, including mm-hmm. that Daniel Day-Lewis sketch. It's called Matza Pizza, M-A-T-Z-A-P-I-Z-Z-A, for my Jewish-Italian heritage. Wonderful. Well, so thank you for having me. We'll see you at the clubs. Yeah, see you at the clubs.
I'm Bridget Cosgrove. I'm Tristan Miller. Tell me, Tristan, how do you feel about history? I mean, I like it, except it's the most boring thing I've ever experienced in my whole entire life, and I want it to stop. Hmm. If only there was a way that we could make you feel better about that. Yeah, like if it was, like, funny and engaging and interesting with two people I really like. Yeah, you know, I think I might have solved your problem. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's our own podcast, Blank History Month. Oh, that sounds really good. Yeah, it's great. When does it come out? Uh, every Wednesday. Oh, I'll do that then. Yeah, it'll be great. Okay. Thanks. Yeah, bye. bye. <laughs> <laughs>